Welcome to Subway Tours. I'm Anja. I'm Mai. I'm Misha. Woohoo! And today we will be recording about a very special, momentous event. Well, very special, nga momentous pa. I know, I <laughs> well, know. No, because we would like to thank Netflix Philippines and AdPub Hub for giving us early access to the whole season of Bridgerton Season 2. Thank you. And Thank you guys. Doing this episode with an accent. Our oh, stomachs I'm just going to keep my pinky up. I'm going to keep my pinky up so you all know I'm classy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'll be that effective this episode because my stomach is still full from all the food that they sent over. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the goodies. Really, really, really classy food. enjoy it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's really, <laughs> really going to do the accent. She's really going to do it. You know, when you start it, it's really hard to stop. Wait, can you do that but speak in Filipino? Utangina. <laughs> Gago ka. Gago ka. Gago ka. My choice oh of my words. God. Very classy. Very, very classy choice of words in Tagalog. Tagalog! Tagalog. <laughs> I don't know how how long we can keep this up for, but I'm, I'm going to give up. I keep my pinky up all day. I don't know about your accent. Uh, oh, I uh, go on all day. I, I, I'm go. giving up before I even start, so… <laughs> Let's just start the episode. Okay, so we were given early access for Bridgerton Season 2. Me being me, I was not really interested in the beginning because so I, I did not, you know, I really didn't care about Season 1. What did you guys think about this? Oh, I ate Season 1 up. I'm sorry. It was one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> I really <laughs> no, enjoyed no, Season 1. I don't believe you. Yeah, okay. Why, why? Pleasures. Ple- there you go. There. Pleasures. <laughs> pleasures. <laughs> I have to say it with that. There was no guilt. No, actually no. Um it 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 was it was actually a hot show back then and I got really curious and people just were for some reason talking about the sex scenes. Hot show, ha. Hot, hot, hot show. show. Like, Interesting yes. choice of words. No, really. It literally like people were saying like, "Oh my god, the lead guy is so hot. You have to see it." And then, "Oh my god, the sex scenes are so hot and it's so fun. It's like Gossip Girl but set in, you know, old English times." So, that was Yeah, old Gossip Girl. It really yes. is ye old Gossip Girl. So, I I actually had no plans of watching season 2 because um the lead from season 1 which was the Duke of Hastings aka uh, the actor Reggae Jean Page who was oh my god he was so hot I guess Are we gonna jump into a thirst portion for a bit? <laughs> I think this whole thing will be a thirst portion Not really okay. because like he was the reason I stuck through it Okay we gotta admit the story isn't original because technically yes it is ye old gossip girl Literally, you just take characters or like the plot of Gossip Girl and just change the setting. It's kind of like that. So it's not a, it's not a show for the mind, if you know what I mean. It's not, <laughs> it's not something you would watch and like really ponder upon life with, you know? Not so, a show for the mind. No. <laughs> right, right. It, more for the loins. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That's this is, super this classy. Is, this is so interesting because you have an interesting lineup of words <laughs> to start off the show. I mean, like you had a hot show, <laughs> you had no, a show not for the minds, and what was the last one? <laughs> for, the for the loins. loins. For the loins. Yes. yes. Okay. So that's pretty much descriptive of what season one yes, was like. Yes. About yes. you, Misha. Season ABC. one. Stirred her loins, yes, clearly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say stirred and, Okay, so, I mean, like, I went into the first one not knowing what to expect since the show is, like, based on these romance novels. But I like the twist that they put on it because they set it in this kind of alternate reality. 
which I think a lot of people didn't pick up on initially. It only makes sense when you start to think about it. Like, why are there black characters in with high ranks in English society? Why is the queen black and all that yeah. sort of thing? But because of the way they show, they made it, it was just so fun. You accept it without thinking. You don't realize that this whole thing is based. I mean, they 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 leveraged like this old conspiracy theory that Queen Charlotte actually was part black. In this show, they lean right into it. So. Um, it gave them an excuse to cast hot people of color, and I am totally in favor of this. <laughs> See, Misha you know? can't, Misha was it that specific? He can't. No, I'm just saying. Hot either. You, you cannot. You cannot. And and Mai's absolutely right. It is ye old gossip girl, except with Mary Poppins instead of Veronica Mars doing the narrating. Oh yes. <laughs> and um, I don't think Dan Humphrey will turn out to be gossip girl in this case. <laughs> no. Um, but. Um, I like this season. Um, actually, I like it better than the first one, to be honest. The and first one was a lot more whimsical, yes. young love, that kind of thing. This one is more about responsibility and, and actually looks at what goes into an actual relationship. It's not just thirst portion. <laughs> no, it's a lot it, more grounded. It is. Yes. Because yes. season one um, was young love because mm-hmm. Daphne, the lead the lead in season one um, was uh, a debutante and that's where she meets her man, the Duke, who is so fucking hot. I'm sorry. She really can't. She really I can't. can't. I can't. Mention. Really can't. <laughs> she oh really can't stop mentioning how hot he is. I can't stop mentioning. But um, <laughs> yes, this, the, the first one was about young love and um, this one actually touches upon uh you know, like what Misha said, responsibilities, because it focuses on the older brother. So just uh, for um, a little context for people who might not know or just like happen to stumble upon this even without watching Bridgerton. Um, Bridgerton is uh, like a series, originally a series of books, and each book features a certain Bridgerton sibling. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the Bridgertons are this high-class family, and um, they're rich, uh, they're very noble, and um, each book focuses on a particular sibling. So book one or season one focused on Daphne and her journey, um, which now brings us to season two, which is about the brother, the eldest brother, Anthony, and his journey. And mm-hmm. um, even if this is a show basically about the siblings, you don't really need to watch season one to fully understand season two. There That's are nice. some things that you might, need to know but you'll figure it out along the way but you can totally enjoy season two just as is and i do recommend it because um the story is just more full i think it's uh, the characters are better written in this one definitely and i didn't get as thirsty because of the absence of reggae jean page (laughs) i was one of those people admit it ladies if you are listening ladies and gays and guys and if if you were at all attracted to Reggae Jean Page in season one, when they announced in that he wouldn't be in season two because of scheduling conflicts, people were like, God damn it, I'm not watching season two. I was one I, of those people. I had the exact same reaction as you. Look, I <laughs> well, you not, wanted to watch like, I was not as thirsty as some uh, people for the dude. <laughs> but you know, let's call a good looking spade a good looking spade. So good looking. <laughs> <laughs> and um if you think about it, uh, he wasn't really needed in season two. So, Because basically, he and Daphne already had their happily ever after. Daphne will show up in season two because obviously the story is about her brother and she still needs to be there for him from time to time. But yeah, you don't really need the Duke of Hastings there. I, yes. I, I disagree. I felt his absence whenever they would have their family gatherings. Why? There was no hot no, in-law? No. <laughs> No, because like the first season, they really took the time to establish he understood how important family was to Daphne. And it was only, you know, in the course of their relationship that he realized that maybe it was something he wanted for himself because he didn't have that growing up. So I just found the excuses they would find to have him not on cam were just so flimsy in this one. Oh, he has to take care of the baby. Oh, he's busy. I'm like, those are literally the excuses you use when somebody didn't renew their contract <laughs> or they went off to another show or they went off to make a movie. Those are the excuses you use. Well, and well. I, I, I know the books are like each one centers on a different sibling, but the other characters are still kind of around in the yeah, periphery. They are. But okay, fine. Mm, 
Well, I, I'm surprised Nisha was the one who said that. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not really pivotal in the story. but He's not. He's he, really not. He would have him, been like, great. Just show his face for like two seconds. You know, just I would have been happy with Nisha just saying like, I flat out wanted to see a hot in-law. <laughs> I mean like, sorry. I, I don't know. That's what I was expecting the first time he said he wanted the Duke to show up. <laughs> but um, good news for your thirst portion is that we have um, new cast members to fill in the gap, as it were. And Simone Ashley, who you may have seen on Sex Education, yeah. she is phenomenal. Ooh. Like She just shows her face in the first 10 minutes. And you're like, Duke, Damn. who? What? Wait, what? Yeah. Holy crap. Who's she makes an Duke? impression. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about her and uh, more about her later. <laughs> it got <Yeah>. distracted. <laughs> so okay, yes. okay. Enough about the Duke, since he's not in season two anyway. Unfortunately, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Um, we can get to the focus of season two. Like I said, it's about Anthony, and um, so basically, it starts off with a new season of debutants, like uh, the mm-hmm. search for the diamond of the season, just like what happened in Daphne in season one. Yes. So, um, younger sister Eloise is now set to be the next Bridgerton debutante, and um, if you know Eloise, she's the she's the free spirited one who doesn't really care about society's norms. She's the smart one. She's always like, "Oh, women can do whatever they want. She, she this is all bullshit." Mm-hmm. I don't care about this. I love Eloise. These fancy dresses. Me too. And not. I love her. Just yeah. because of how, just because of how she is. Like, uh, she's, I want to break. She's I'm going to break away from she, Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, very uh, smart. So yeah, this is her season now, and obviously mm-hmm. she's not taking it well. And this also happens to be the season where Anthony decides that he will find a bride. So Anthony, as the eldest brother, is always leaned on by his siblings and his family because he's he's basically the man of the house since their father died. So he's always known to be like very straight edge, probably a Capricorn or a Virgo being like, oh, I just gotta, you know, deal with the family's shit. I'm the head of the household. I don't care about love. I just mm-hmm. want the perfect bride to, you know, to make conti- babies. Yeah, make babies, uh, continue the family name or whatever. And she has to be honorable. She has to be, a- he has so many standards for uh, his soon to be bride. Mm-hmm. I can't and imagine marrying out of duty. I know, right? But that's Anthony for you. He doesn't believe yeah. in love, much unlike his sister Daphne, who was really just searching for one to be with at the end of the day. She found eventually. I I found Anthony entirely unlikable in season one. I like that this season fleshes him out, makes him a more rounded person. Mm -hmm. We see that he's got reasons for his beliefs and his actions. That he really does just want like, you know, the best for his family. And he's willing to sacrifice his own happiness to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And um well, in comes the Sharma family with the siblings Edwina and Kate. Mm-hmm. Actually, Anthony has already met Kate before the whole debutante ball. So there is already some sort of tension. You can tell straight up that they don't really like each other. Or do they? They have this do they, don't they kind of thing going on. And yeah, it's a really good setup for how it's going to be the entire season. Definitely. And I think I I really like that, you know, a lot of TV shows, when they stretch out the sexual tension over a number of episodes or even a number of seasons, it just gets tired after Mm -hmm. a while. I think the fact that, you know, Netflix, we're now in an age with shows are at a manageable, bingeable length. You know, you don't need to stretch it out for 26 episodes a season anymore. You can do 10 episode chunks, 8 to 10 episode chunks, and the tension is for me what really makes this season. If in the last one, it was all about, you know, sexy time. (laughs) In this one, and I'm sorry to say here, it's the, with the anticipation for the sexy time that that, that makes this one work because you see what the characters go through. Um, you, You go through their emotions, you go through all the things that they're willing to do to either resist or, you know, to pursue it. And um, it adds a lot of depth to everything. It's not just like, like it's not just about the meat market of finding a husband <laughs> or f- choosing a wife from, you know, from the buffet of debutantes that are presented <laughs> to the queen every season. Presented yes. to the, to the ton. To the ton, yeah. 
The it's ton. Funny. It's funny how when you mentioned… When will we ever join a ton? How rich do you have to be to be part of a ton? I don't know. There might be tons of tons. Oh my god. <laughs> See, this okay, is why you're not getting you into a ton. Hey, Nako. Hey, Nako. Okay. That's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting into a ton too. I, I never said I was. <laughs> okay. All right. On. Okay. Mga it's funny tonta. how you mention. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. We're getting off topic. Meanwhile, in Bridgerton. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Eton. Centrist. You tried. Oh it's okay. I tried. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. It's anyway, funny back how… To, uh, back to Bridgerton. It's funny how you mentioned… How you mentioned… I don't know. Fucking tons. It's funny how you mentioned um, the, the tension between characters, you know, uh, as this focal point, what kept us going, you know, what kept us binging, going through the episodes for this one. Um, I want to talk about some of the characters now. Like, uh, we've mentioned a few um, background of Anthony, a little bit of what Anthony's character is like. I want to talk about his character a little bit more because I didn't really get to see him in season one because I didn't watch season one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, what can you guys tell me about Anthony? In this season. Anthony in season one was actually um, the kind of stage brother of Daphne's. She was a debutante. And he was mm-hmm. always out there looking out for her. <laughs> and you know, always breathing down her neck. But like, make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. Mm-hmm. He was just yep. always so… He was so straight edge. Yun talaga, no? Parang he just wants everything in line. Such a perfectionist. But and question. He was just like the overbearing older brother. Yes. He's like, oh, you… You can't marry that guy. He's got debts. Oh, you can't marry that guy. He's only a he's only a low member of society. Yeah, yeah. He kept like you need perfection. Unfortunately, Daphne ends up with his best friend from school. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows all the shit that his best he knows- friend has done wherever yeah. he's been. You know what I mean? But he can't tell his sister why he knows these things because <laughs> he was doing them too. <laughs> exactly. That was the funny thing about Anthony um, back in season one. He he was the very strict brother but deep down, you know that yeah, he's still up to, up to no good because he would go to whorehouses. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And he actually fell in love with one of them. Mm-hmm. And you know mm-hmm. that doesn't work out eventually. We can do spoilers for season one. Come on, guys! It's I season think two. so. <laughs> it's been out for like a year, a couple of years yeah. now. So, uh, yeah, there. So now he's totally sworn off love because. Um, oh wait, but th- he, that feeds that feeds into yeah. his whole straight edge thing. Yeah, because he knew he could never marry the opera singer. Yeah, exactly. So now that's why he is extra strict and <laughs> extra uptight in season two. Yeah, but at least now he's like more human. Mm-hmm. And I love that they gave him a character who is essentially his equal. Yes. That's So the tension feels earned versus in the first one, it was just, you know, Daphne's innocence and naive nature that was driving the plot while Simon was a man of the world. Here, it's two people who are all too aware of their standing in society and what the responsibilities of their families are to the point that, you know, they're not even, they, they don't even think they can acknowledge their mutual attraction. Even if you, the tension is so thick, you can cut it with a knife. It is. And Jonathan Bailey does such a good job. He may not be as attractive as the season one lead, aka Reggae I'll vouch for that. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have that <laughs> sex appeal he has. Sorry. That just. But- <laughs> Again, I have eyes, all right? I you will understand I, if you watch season one, Angel. Okay. You yeah, understand like, us. Seriously, Duke okay. of Hastings, Simon in the first season was just like… Holy shit! He was like sex on legs. Exactly. <laughs> like seriously. And we're back. Give me I'm enough so time to Google I'm about- sorry too, but I have to contribute to this now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I get it. Yes, it- okay. Back to Jonathan Bailey, aka yeah. Anthony. Okay, yeah. so he, aka second best lead, <laughs> um, third he, best lead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. He's just 
not as appealing. But no, he, no, he no, acts physically, very well. Physically, yes. But then I found myself not really falling for the character, but you really do end up seeing his charm despite this very rough exterior. Because, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. those moments when he goes soft or, you know, he just shows a little bit of vulnerability, that really gets you. You know what I mean? It, it, it's mm-hmm. a staple in dramas. Whenever the the uptight guy suddenly just like shows any ounce of emotion, it's like the impact is just extra for you. And yes. Jonathan Bailey does an amazing job. And he he can outact Reggae Jean Page yes, by miles. I agree. Such yes. a great actor. Um, and my cousin is actually a huge fan of Jonathan Bailey. And she read the books. And she said, like, honestly, that book that centers on Anthony was my absolute fave out of all the Bridgerton books. And oh, I nice. see why. I see why. Because, you know, the characters are so well fleshed out. And yeah, Jonathan yes. Bailey acted the shit out of Anthony. Agreed. I agree completely. And I like that the cast around um, is also up to the challenge. You know, um, Simon Ash- Simone Ashley, you've seen her in Sex Education where she's just basically playing a grade A bitch. Here, oh, yeah. she's, <laughs> she's playing. And, and, you know, I mean, for lack of a better description, forgive me if it's cliche, but she is a strong, independent woman. She knows what she wants. She knows how to get it. And she is just as determined to see to her family's best interests as much as, if not more than, Anthony. Because she has that added layer of having to do all the things that Anthony does without the independence of having a penis in this time period. Yes, and the money, to be honest, because the Bridgertons are super well off. And That's the Sharmas, right. not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, to be honest, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about this whole thing taking place in a fantasy alternate reality where people of color can basically be treated like human beings in, um, in this time period, in the early 1800s. Um, I, I like seeing the different interactions. Um, at first, it was jarring to me, honestly. I mean, as you know, as hot as that last guy was, <laughs> you're questioning how come he's not like somebody's servant? How is he yeah. in line to be a duke in this? But the show does it very well. Um, and something apparently that they wanted to include uh, when they're making it was they didn't want it to make it. They didn't want to make it colorblind. They didn't want to pretend that slavery and all those things didn't happen. They just wanted to say that what if history took a different turn? If King George just straight up said, I married a black woman, deal with it. And everybody had rights back in the day. So it's cool seeing all these different characters. You got white people, you got brown people, you got black people, you have Asian people even, yes. you know, in, in, in the ton. And, <laughs> and the, the, their races aren't so much issues as all the intrigues that everybody gets up to because everybody is still up in everybody's business, which is why, you know, ye old gossip girl still has business. Yes. <laughs> Lady Whistledown. Dear reader, <laughs> I will listen to Julie Andrews read a phone book. Yes, I would too. And it, it just like adds so much finesse to mm-hmm. the voiceover whenever she does it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like everything becomes a million times classier. Which leads me to the character of Ben, who is, you know, at first, a little bit adorable, and then she just gets annoying towards the end. Yeah, um, I'm actually glad that at the end of season one, they actually revealed who Lady Whistledown was, as opposed to, let's say, Gossip Girl, where you find out at the final season or final episode, actually, who Gossip Girl actually is. Hello, Dan Humphrey. And mm-hmm. as well as Pretty Little Liars, who goes on for seasons and seasons and seasons asking the question, who is A? Like, God damn it! Oh my God, it gets so tired! But I'm so glad we find out at the start of season one, which unfolds pretty interestingly in season two. I actually, I was actually surprised when they did that for season one because I thought it would be one of those type, one of those shows where you never know until the last episode. In, in the books, they take a few volumes. I think they get to like volume four before they reveal that it's Pen. I, I was, I was surprised that they re- at the reveal at the end of season one, but. Uh, I I have to say that I wish they dragged it out a bit. Not maybe not all the way to the end, but like just leave the mystery open a little bit. Because every time they would go back to who is Lady Whistledown in this season, I mean, like I was like, but we already know who it is. So kind of the tension was just more in when will she be found out? 
yeah. which I felt distracted from the thirst show that was happening with <laughs> Anthony and like, Kate. I, I like the idea of of a whistle down, you know, fighting the queen, you know, in in her own way. Because <laughs> the queen wants to be the queen chismosa. <laughs> yeah, that was quite. In, that was just <laughs> the queen wanted this. Like, I want to know everything. That's why my fake hair is so big. <laughs> Wait, can I just say also the queen doesn't even exist as a character in the in the books. Oh, really? But she's like my favorite <laughs> in the show. Really? Her and Lady Danbury get some of the best put downs, the best one liners, and they're always trying to outdo each other. They don't even exist. I mean, as major players in the books, like, think- the queen doesn't exist at all. I mean, she I think, exists, but she's she's not featured, you know. I think and Lady also, Danbury presumably wins. she's white, but mm. Lady Danbury is there, but she's a minor character because mm. she's not the one who raises Simon in the books. But here, they're like two people of color, and they get some of the best scenes and the best lines, and I am all for it. I, I think Lady, Lady Danbury, Danbury wins too. by virtue of eyebrows alone. That's just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although I kind of disagree. Well, maybe it's me um, watching all of these tired shows stretching out the identity of a certain character for so long. I just found it pretty refreshing that we found out. But um, uh, we can also get to how Eloise still continues her season one search of trying to find out who Lady Whistledown is. And that just makes her even more interesting now. Like, not going to say what happens or the twists and turns that lead up to whatever happens in season two. But it just makes Eloise so interesting. More likable or lovable. Yeah, she never gave up on searching for Lady Whistledown. She's basically Joe March. I love her. Yes. The the thing is, the whole time watching season two is I felt like I was watching… Well, that's Joe March is from Little Women. But the whole time I was watching season two just because of the interactions between… Um, the Viscount and Miss Sharma. I felt like I was watching Pride and Prejudice, but written by a millennial Jane Austen. <laughs> right. So that's I, that's I the agree. whole that's the whole vibe of this. Yeah, that's this, their of charm. This season two. I I agree yeah. completely. Um, and I, I love the whimsical touches that we mentioned earlier. Um, that just add to the whole elevated reality. Of, of it. It's not like full-on fantasy. It's more like an elevated reality where the colors are brighter, the, the people are prettier, and oh my god, the soundtrack is fucking amazing. I freaking <laughs> love the vitamin string quartet touches of modern songs. <laughs> modern pop vitamin songs. Vitamin string quartet oh god, versions. Yes. Oh, so good. <clears throat> and um, this is actually something they already um, practiced in season one. And uh, quite notably, during the, f- the sexy time montage, <laughs> Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams was playing. Yes. That's just, my, I don't my, know, like, it, Taylor uh, Swift what, and the did, sex scene. At what point huh? did you realize okay. that the, the, the string pieces <laughs> were modern songs, Anjo, in season two? No, since you no, didn't when, see when Material Girl hit, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, hey, I like that. The, the <laughs> yeah. ball. I was like, hey, it's I, amazing it, in contextualizing for the, a modern the, audience. The I thing, love it. The thing is, I thought it would be cheesy and, you know, like, Badui, so to speak. But then, oddly enough, watching it, it just fits. Because sometimes it just ends up being pretentious. Uh, just because they live in the 18th or 19th century, we can fit in this kind of music. A cover of… A classical cover of, of a modern pop song. But this one, it, it, strangely enough, it works. It fits. It it's not Badui. It's, it, it just elevates… As Misha mentioned, it elevates the entire series or the feel of the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it's not just putting a mod a cover of a modern song just for the sake of it. If you yes. actually know the song, it really fits the scene. Like what Andrew said, Material Girl, it was one of the big opening songs when they're actually at the ball and everybody's all decked out and dressed I mean, up mm-hmm. and I mean, to let's impress face everybody. It. Let's face mm-hmm. it. These the you know, they the, the reason why they have the debutante boss is so they can marry into a a, a family of of you know, good reputation or, you know, rich, rich families. Yeah. I, and so, the song you know, choices the con- continue to be absolutely on point. Like, seriously. Um, best song. My, best, personal best. favorite. My, my favorite song uh, from the first season was, was when they put well, Billie Eilish. Just, <laughs> no, I was going to go with, I was going to go with Bad Guy, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they did really Bad Guy. Okay, I'm going to watch season one Daphne then. Daphne and Simon. And that's the song they went with. I'm like, I like this. Yeah. But here in this one, um, I, I'd have to say Wrecking Ball. That that was brilliant. Nah. Use of it in this one. In okay, this I have to agree. Season, that was that was a, Wrecking Ball was really good. I think I I don't know. 
I I'm think gonna go with Dancing on My Dancing Own. Dancing on My Own was my favorite. Ooh. Fuck! <laughs> I, I already love that song in general. But then when I heard it, like, oh shit, ang ganda ng moment no, It din. was so perfect when mm-hmm. they put it in. Eh. Yeah. Like, it, like when I saw it, I was like, oh, 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 oh. It's Dancing <laughs> on My Own. Like, Dana, this show's getting better. That's what I would, that's what I didn't expect. You know, like, I didn't care about season one so much. I didn't expect to get so invested in season two that even the songs would make me really react that way. They had me at Thank You Next at the very first know, <laughs> debutante presentation. That was great. Uh, and, and they snuck in some Alanis Morissette in there too. Yeah, they yes, did. They, yeah. Did, yeah, they, they did. did. Uh, you ought to know. Some, oh, you yeah. ought to know. <laughs> I mean, we're, so already, we're, we're saying the song choices now, but when you do actually watch it, it just like hits differently. It just mm-hmm. makes it… Absolutely. It, it just gives so much more context to what's happening. I, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. something that really worked in the second season's favor is that since we already know who the characters are and all the actors are a bit more comfortable living in this heightened reality, that it gave them um, more room to play because they didn't have to establish anything anymore. Because yeah. we already knew who they were. We already knew where they fit in this society. So we could delve more into who, um, what kind of people they were. They could be a little bit more human. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Because you said earlier that Anthony is more vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. I think that applies to a lot of them, like especially even the Bridgerton's mother. Uh, honestly, Lady oh, Bridgerton in yeah. this one is is um, far more likable even than she was in the last one. You know, here she's she's like a real caring, doting mother. Mm-hmm. And when when Daphne drops in every now and then, and I, I love that they would do backbends to try to justify why she's here now but not there later, and why she's <laughs> there now but only by herself. And sometimes she'll have the baby, but sometimes she won't. <laughs> we just like seeing people from the first season. Um, but but um, I like that she's portrayed as more confident, that she's actually the one dishing out advice this time around. And yeah. she's the one who actually brings Anthony down to earth um, a couple of times, which is great. I think that is um, that, that that really clearly stems from her life experiences. Now that she is married, now that you know she she's a duchess, and um, she is um, she's owning it basically. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing that evolution of her character. Which- with, with, without seeing season one. I like that you talked about this because without seeing season one, that's what I got from from Daphne. Because I knew that she was the lead in season one because mm-hmm. you know my wife would tell me certain things about certain characters because I was trying to catch up. But she mm-hmm. so it, it it was it was it was nice seeing that. Like it felt like without without seeing season one, but knowing of the background, it felt like there was actual character growth for for Daphne. And yeah. And that's what I enjoyed about this season with the newly introduced characters. They actually show character growth. Yes. And, and as that happens, we have so many moments that, you know, that help define their, their progression in their own personal story arcs. And, and it's, it, it's, it's just perfect. I think it's, you know, aside from the fact that you know, Sean Deland characters have great sex, they have good character <laughs> development too. Yeah, that's something I said back in season one. Um, I was telling my friends, Man, Shondaland characters have such dark, dramatic, and toxic lives. But mm-hmm, their sex mm-hmm. lives, on the other hand… <laughs> mm. and, and for the most part, they're all really, really pretty people. Yes. yes. But to be fair though, it's the relationships here or the, the one relationship we're focused on here. It's not quite as toxic as most of the Shondaland characters that I'm familiar with. Actually, that was quite refreshing. Yes. To be fair. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I, I, I like also, uh, based on uh, what I was saying earlier, I mean, it's not just Daphne who we check in on. We check in on a lot of other characters who had plot threads from the previous season. Still no hot in-law. I said, I yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go there anymore. I, I'm on the record already. But <laughs> I, I, I like that we touch, you know, characters who didn't even factor into the books. Like like Marina, her stories continued here. Um, you know, people don't just disappear from this world unless, you know, they didn't get a new contract. Um, the, 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 the people, the Featheringtons, for example, they were cartoon characters in yeah. the first season. But here, you know, they're real people with real problems. Yeah, they're, they're the social climbers of the, yes. the whole place. But mm-hmm. you kind of see why and you kind of understand as slimy and despicable as their characters usually are. It's like there is some part of you that 
feels some sort of sympathy for them. Yeah, we'll kind of root for them in a way. A little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, a little still, bit. Uh, with a little bit of annoyance still, but that's the point of it. You're still supposed to be annoyed at them. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that Colin has grown up a little bit. He's not this wide-eyed romantic that he was in the first season. And I love that his siblings give him hell for his un ill-advised facial hair when he first shows up from his tour around the world. <laughs> or how because and how sick they siblings, are. That's what yeah. siblings do. Yeah, and how sick they are of like him talking about his travels. <laughs> oh, you know, when, when I went to Greece, blah, like, blah, oh blah, my blah, god, blah. shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I also like how we touched more upon one of the other Bridgerton brothers, Benedict. Oh, yes. Uh, You get to see more of his ambitions and his plans in life. And uh, you can see that he wants to go to art school. He wants Mm -hmm. to do something with his life because he sees his brother, his siblings, like going somewhere. You know, um, since Colin was able to travel the world and stuff, he -hmm. wanted to go to art school. He actually has ambition. But I like how his character unfolds. Like he's the complete opposite of his brother who is just like so uptight. But he is the one like doing drugs. (laughs) I, I know. I just, know. I just, I just like the, drinking, the fact that he know? was. I just liked him just for the fact that he was the stoner in the family. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, oh. I, I want to know if he's still boinking his art teacher's wife from the first season. <laughs> because well, I, I thought they had a good thing going there. I'm not saying that I approve or I'm necessarily entering in such a in such a you know, open relationship. But you know, his art teacher was in love with a man. He had a beard who he was happy to let sleep with 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 Benedict. And I thought that was going somewhere. I was surprised that they weren't in this one. Hmm. Oh well, he has well, a, he has quite an interesting storyline here. And I love that they still have that dynamic between Benedict and Eloise. Yes. I love their relationship. They're not both really black sheep, but you know how they're the ones who don't really have the burden of having to um, uphold the family name. Well, they still do to some degree, but they're the ones who don't really care about what other people think. And they just like wave their freak flag, you know? Yep, yep. And they're the ones that get along, which kind of reminds me a lot of me and one of my brothers. We're kind of like that. (laughs) I, I love that relationship they have where, you know, in the first season where he catches Eloise sneaking a smoke behind the house and instead of turning her in he bones a stick and that <laughs> becomes their thing I mean they start they bond over it and they they talk shit about people and it becomes their thing and mm-hmm. I like that it's expanded it's continued here they're still close they can still tell each other things um I I like also seeing um Genevieve again the dressmaker to the ton. I, I I always enjoy that, you know, she's a commoner who's faking it. She's got this highfalutin French accent that, you know, goes all over the place. <laughs> but, but I like that she's just exasperated with these rich people already because, you know, the Featheringtons come in every other day looking for new outfits and then there's a new ball every now, every other every other day also. So she's got her hands full just trying to keep up with all of this high society types because heaven forbid anybody shows up in the same dress twice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they really I, do depend on her a lot. And uh, yes, the plot will thicken for her as well. For mm. all of them. Even Penn. <laughs> mm-hmm. get to the new characters this time. We're very glad to see how season one characters have developed, but we've already touched upon Kate. We can still continue about her amazing chiseled face. It's an amazing <laughs> no, she's just really, it, It's just really striking. It's like, so holy hell. No, but, but yeah, if you're gonna talk about Kate, I just want to talk about how, you know, she's like, okay, her chemistry between Herself and Anthony is just amazing. Like, okay, Anthony himself, kind of bland. Your standard Mr. Darcy type. But when you put them together, it's like you can't… I don't know. It's For me, I couldn't peel my eyes off the screen if, if the two are together in a scene. Because it just sparks fly. Like, the, the meet-cute alone was enough to just, you know, like… You, you knew what a meet-cute was. You knew what was happening. All the tension, all the setup. But you can't avoid but feel like so invested in these two. 
It was it's, just amazing. It's, she's she's great. It's also because of their competitive natures. They're both perfectionists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and it's they both of that. want to be the best at everything. But when these two kinds of people meet, you know one of them is not going to back down. And mm-hmm. this just like stretches all throughout the season. Their banter is great. Yes. They're insulting. Mm-hmm. They just keep jabbing each other with witty retorts. Yes. And whenever something happens or progresses, it's just like so freaking rewarding. Yeah. When you just in, see in, the both of them. It's just in the interaction between the two of them. It's just amazing. The tension that they build up is… I don't know. There's just something about it. Hon- honestly, I, I agree completely on, on their, their, their game of one-upmanship where they're just sniping at each other constantly. Because uh, what, what, what I appreciated about this one more than the first season was that here, they're talking like more like real people. Um, like old-timey people, fine. But you know, they're still talking like real people. In the last season… Everybody was talking like in trailer lines, you know, where you have to have for you. (laughs) (laughs) Everything had to be a one liner that could be cut at any time to end a trailer. But here, you know, it's like they're less concerned with putting on a show. Mm. Here, they're actually talking like real people. So I was able to get into it more, even if, and I'm sorry to say, there is considerably less on-screen sex in this season. But, but I, that's, uh, I think the tension made up for it. The, yeah, you enjoyed them watching each… Breaking down each other's guards or defenses. It's just enjoyable. Because it, one, it's witty. Two, mm-hmm. it just… It fleshes out more of the character. And three, they, you know, like… Simone Ashley just looks amazing. Yes. And for someone like me who thoroughly enjoyed season one for all the sexy time, <laughs> I was mildly disappointed halfway through to not see much of it or if any of it at all. Maybe just some random butt exposures here and there. But it was okay at the end because I was rewarded with the story. The story was just like so well thought out of and the, the characters were so developed that I, okay, fine. I didn't care if there was no loin tingling as there was in season one. But you know what? It was fine with me. It's so loin tingling. tingling. No, loin no, tingling. I, we, we're on your side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, the, the choice of words just makes it more amusing. <laughs> okay, so if season one made a lot of people horny, season mm-hmm. two just made you feel killing. It's just genuine butterflies when that it happens. Yeah, my wife was in a accurate. ball after watching the entire <laughs> season, you know? Like, she was so killing that she shriveled up into a ball. Like, oh my god! <laughs> All these, oh my god! expressions. Yeah, so the delayed gratification is worth it. Yeah, it, it's are rewarding. Are you speaking from experience or are we talking about the show? <laughs> the show. I see, okay. Mm. Thank just you so for clarifying clear. for just us. Just so we're clear, you know. <laughs> Clarifying for us and our listeners. We're a wholesome podcast. Sure. Yes, we are. Yeah. Rated R. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if if we're done with Kate, let's get to her sister. Uh, Let's get to her sister. Let's talk about Edwina. I know Angel was waiting for Uh, me. All right. The single most most oblivious, annoying character (laughs) ever. Ever. It's like, everything's about me. Everything's about me and the world revolves around my problems. You don't matter. But, you know, isn't that the entire point of their, you know, sucking up to the tawn? Because they want her. Her family came, went there to to get her married. I mean, like, you know, to make Kate more likable or more lovable, you present somebody who's just, you know, so annoying. (laughs) Mama, mama. Oh, wow, you really hated Weena. Yeah. I I hated her. To be fair though, you know, character development again was great. But you know, she was just annoying for a good six, seven episodes. <laughs> there are just oh. eight. <laughs> so you basically hated her for like 90% of the show. I would have to agree, mm. man. I like I, I want Angela's side just here. Me. She was just like so uh, so Dense. Uh, okay, so I, dense. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try and play devil's advocate. I think she was the way she was because specifically because she was sheltered. Her mother and her sister took pains 
to, you know, protect her from the realities of the world. You know, they just filled her head with all these notions. You know, Kate loved reading her these fairy tales of gallant princes and princesses who would just wait for their prince to come. So, you know, I can't entirely blame her. Wait, okay. To, to be fair, which is why I mentioned there was great character development because, you know, when shit hits the fan, you end up having somebody who's the most level-headed in the, in, in the cast. So... Okay, fine. I'll give her that. But you know, for for most of the season, she's just because she's so oblivious, she becomes annoying. <laughs> she yeah. is so oblivious even to the needs of her sister. She, she grew true. up knowing that, oh, my sister's just gonna be there for me. She's gonna do everything for me. And mm-hmm, Kate mm-hmm. was always so happy to oblige because she truly does love her little sister. Yeah. But for the most part, I was just so frustrated at Edwina for not realizing that. Yeah. But and you know, like to, to be fair though, the dynamic between the two as sisters, it was great. It was yeah, just see it was, it was it was cute watching them interact and you it see was, the doting ate. You see the yeah, doting older right. sister. They even she have like basic- nicknames for each other like the- Bibi and Bon. She was basically Kate is basically Anthony from season one mm-hmm. where no guy is good enough right. for her sister. That is so true. She's yeah. that's exactly why she and Anthony get along because they each know where the other one is coming from because and they no, are the same person. They're they're all, they won't admit it. That's all the about, best part. Yes. They won't yes. admit that they, they are both similar. Think, they both think the other one is the uptight one. Yeah, yes. exactly. Which is… You know, it, it, I have no basis for season one but you know… Yeah. that's, that's this, I'm of the same opinion. It just makes them more interesting together as a couple. Hmm, sparks fly. I'm not gonna I'm okay fine this was a guilty pleasure because really like I really had no intentions of being invested but lo and behold I, I love this I, I love season two <laughs> I, I told I told myself I told you guys I only have one I only have room for one Shondaland show which was Grey's Anatomy but I ended up enjoying Bridgerton season 2 more than the entire series of Grey's Anatomy, which is <gasps> whoa. whoa. Oh, okay, wait. You've okay, been wait, watching okay, Grey's Anatomy for years. Wait, back wait, it up. Okay, wait. I'm gonna, it up. I'm Don't gonna back say it up. things you can't take. I'm gonna back. back it up. I'm gonna back it up. I'm gonna take I mean, that back. I'm we're gonna not take erasing back. this, but you know. Yeah, yeah I know. Okay. Explain <laughs> I just, yourself. Okay. I just said that in the heat of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let your wife hear you. Or- just because there's no latest season on Netflix yet. Oh, okay. good say. Or maybe it's. It's in terms of enjoyment. Because this was yeah. pretty light. This was fun. But Grey's Anatomy is just so fucking depressing. I know I know how invested yeah. you've been on Grey's Anatomy for yeah, like years and years, but because they haven't they haven't aired the, the they haven't aired the uh the COVID season yet. Maybe just maybe not better, but definitely more fun. Yeah, I want to say better. I'm gonna backtrack yeah. on what they said. I just, I just said that in the heat of the moment because I'm all Bridgerton mode now. All right, okay, all okay. Right. Just so we're clear, just so we're but, clear. Um, Grace Anatomy takes my Sean Delad spot. Okay. okay, good save. Okay. Okay. But we all heard you. Yeah, but I was but, able to uh, you backtrack. Know, you guys were there to keep of, me in check. Speaking of Shonda Land, I mean, you know, TV producer um, Shonda Rhimes. This Bridgerton actually is part of her $150 million deal with God Netflix damn. to damn. develop eight TV shows. By my count, I think this is like the first one. The second one would be Inventing Anna. So she's on a roll. I I, I can't wait on to a see what comes roll. next. Oh, wow. Yes. But <laughs> I, I want to see what comes next to challenge Grey's Anatomy for Anjo's attention. <laughs> I don't know like how to get away with murder. Wait, is that… No, that's well, right. you you that, never that in a million years thought Bridgerton would actually even hold a candle to Grey's Anatomy. So, you know, wag kang magsalita ng, <laughs> ng final. <laughs> we'll find out. I won't. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll sure, find sure. Out, definitely. Kasi naman, like, okay, Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy kasi has the advantage of time. I mean, like, how many seasons have there been? 16. God, it just won't end. It just won't they, end. No, they're like on season 19? 18 now. 18. It there is the go. show that does it end. Yeah! <laughs> and it goes on and on, my friend. Hand me my 10 blade. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, all the pretty people and all the people having sex in the break room. Yes. Uh, Here it is the gardens. 
<laughs> like in season yes. one, you know. Well, yes, actually, yes. season one was all over the fucking place. <laughs> I take that back. Intermittent. Season one was all over, all the, over fucking the place. place. Uh, episode six. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Six, I'm gonna stop recording now and watching episode six. <laughs> <laughs> one hour later. <laughs> <laughs> No, you just you watch it later without us, please. But, <laughs> yes, I, would I will. Not, I would not like to. I will not you. watch it mid recording. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing what comes next because I'm not familiar with what the next book is. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe it should center around Colin Bridgerton. Oh man, interesting. Because you know, you mean like with season two, we've seen him, we've seen him grow into a man's man. Mm-hmm. And I, I was yeah, hoping it would be Eloise. I wanted uh, well, it to be Eloise, but fine. Colin's older, I guess, and he has more story to back him up. I guess, fine. Yeah. So we we've talked about most of the thing, most of the characters now, uh, and the music. What did you do, would you guys recommend this new season for newcomers? At least, like I'm a newcomer, like I would recommend it. <laughs> highly recommend this season. <laughs> like I've never watched season one now. <laughs> so yes, that's a yes for me. I, I would say yes, absolutely. I recommend this. Whether or not you saw the first season, I think the second season, honestly, is better written, better yes. paced, better acted than the first. Mm-hmm. The fact that the characters' heads are not in the clouds makes it a far better watch for me, honestly. Far better. because like, They're not uh, in love with the idea of love. Yeah. They're and more honestly, grounded, to be honest. Because I'm the conflict ni Simon in season 1. Eh. Yes! Oh my fucking god! It's like, uh, like all your problems would be solved if you just talked. Yes, it really would. Just tell her you don't want kids, asshole. Exactly. Yeah. At some point, she's gonna, you know. Well, she did put two and two together, I guess. Ako na lang kasi ayoko ng anak. Just say it, right? Just say it. <laughs> and I, I'm generally not a fan of plots that depend on two people. Just not sitting down to have a fucking conversation. Because for me, that that's just an easy way out. Mm-hmm. Really. But yes. it didn't help. These people were living together. <laughs> and she kept throwing herself at him regardless of his stupidity. Yeah. But yes, the, none of those problems in season two. Like yes. Misha said, very well written. And for those of you who actually enjoyed season one, you will enjoy season two for very different reasons. And it's something I really didn't expect from myself who thoroughly enjoyed season one for very different reasons. Okay, I can't speak for myself because I can't really compare. But I will speak for my wife who did mention after because I was watching this with her, who did mention very specifically that she really enjoyed this season more than season one. Mm-hmm. That's her thing. That's her thing. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, you know, uh, shows like this, yung mga daplis daliri moment. Da- daplis <laughs> daliri kilig. You know, because back then it was so scandalous having your pinkies touch another. Mm. And oh. I love how they describe the sexual tension here mm-hmm. as a pleasing, stimulating, thrilling kind of torment because we were going through that too, just waiting for these two to hook up. <laughs> so yeah. I, like, I, it, it gave the same feels, sort of, as um, I remember film class back then and our prof made us watch In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. Ooh, nice one. And it's the same feeling. It's like, I right. remember watching yes. it and my classmate in dead silence, in the dark, because we were just like watching it in class, in the middle of the fucking movie, just screamed, That's what that's what we felt with season two. It's like Catherine ano ba? Hindi ko agad kasi hindi ko kasi agad na you know hindi ko kagad na associate kasi Bridgerton and Wong Kar Wai pero fine sige. After after we broke down the season of Bridgerton season delayed gratification. Definitely not in cinematic sensibilities. Yes. yes. Or depth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but de- definitely. But yeah, definitely yeah, I, I get, not. I get but it. it's just the tension in that movie felt similar. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, like like we said, delayed it's just, gratification. It's just, you know, like a good testament to the performance of the two characters and the writing of both mm. characters. So yeah. yeah. Pretty That's good. Pretty You'll fun. enjoy it for totally different reasons. And if you just just like hop on to season two right away, that's fine. It probably just won't have as much scandal 
as the season one because it did really um season one really did focus a lot on like all the scandals of all the families hence mm. more importance to lady whistledown xoxo and- <laughs> lady whistledown <laughs> and that's a lot more toned down here in season 2 since we pretty much already know who she is but right. still still worth it still great absolutely I had fun. I I had so much fun. I didn't expect it. I thought it would just be more of the same. Pretty people doing pretty things. But here, I found myself invested. And yeah, I enjoyed it. That's me times 10. Like, I really never... (laughs) That's me times 10. I never really expected to be invested. But lo and behold, here I am declaring, you know, blasphemous shit. Like, this is better than... Grey's Anatomy, but you know, I, I took that back. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, you took it back. Being the voices of reason in my head. I, I'm just head glad back. that they got <laughs> books to follow, even if they're not following them exactly. Um, I like the things they added. Um, I'm not entirely familiar with the things they, they, they removed, but I'm happy to see where it goes. And in any case, I don't think we're going to go like 18 seasons and have somebody on a beach talking to all the dead cast members during the COVID (laughs) season. (laughs) Because, oh my God, did you guys just run out of ideas? But don't get me wrong. It's nice seeing old faces again. I just like prefer seeing them alive and not on a beach of ghosts. Yeah, I'm genuinely at this point, yeah, I'm all in. I'm invested. I want to see where these characters go. And I think the producers have earned our trust that they know what they're doing with this adaptation, even if it's not completely the same as the books. I am enjoying it. And yeah, I, I look forward to the next season. Me too. Um, and since you mentioned books, um, I'm actually really liking the direction Netflix is going by adapting these well-known books that may either be actually kind of bad or just okay. Like I think Bridgerton was just they're just like a series of romance novels not really pulitzer worthy or you know uh, i'm not right. sure if it was a bestseller it probably was because they adapted it into a tv show but my cousin particularly said that um a lot was more dramatized in the Netflix TV show. And she found it even more entertaining seeing it on the screen. And I also found the same for uh, the series You, which uh, was a book as well. But I read the book and it was boring. <laughs> it's also kind of like Shadow and Bone. It's so boring. The You, the book was just like, Mm, so I'm glad Netflix took this turn, made it a little bit more, cra- not just a little bit, the, net- uh, the Netflix show turned fucking crazy. <laughs> it was like <laughs> yep, yep. freaking insane, like r- ridiculous at some point. But that's what makes it so enjoyable. They just like add on things that you can never just get from the book. Can you imagine that though? What the pitch for that was like, you know, I want to take these semi-trashy romance novels and I want to make it hip and modern and semi-trashy TV and semi-trashy TV but but fucking entertaining but everyone's super hot (laughs) and you know people of color have rights so it's an alternate reality but there's lots of sex so no one's gonna notice and classical modern pop songs yes Lots of <laughs> covers of classic box pop songs. Yeah, it's working. What the hell kind of pitch would that look like? I don't even know, but I'm glad we got it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you add Shonda Rhimes into the mix, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I am not. I'm not afraid to admit that it's enjoyable. Yeah. So, uh, so well, no we... guilty pleasure here. No. So if no. you do want to catch. Bridgerton. It will probably be out by now by the time we release this. But um, yes, it is quite enjoyable. Out on Netflix for streaming starting March 25th. Go enjoy the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yes, enjoy the tongue. (laughs) Yes. But uh, yeah, we totally recommend it for for the funsies. Not the sexies, but yeah, pretty much funsies and killigsies. Killing mm-hmm. Killing <laughs> So Killing go watch Seas. it on Netflix and add PubHub for giving us early screeners. We thoroughly enjoyed it. As well as the classy snacks that yeah. have filled our stomachs. Not a snack, it was a quiet meal. It was a feast. A feast. Bloody hell, I'm not going to do an accent. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we tried, we tried. Okay, thanks again for listening to us. Once again, we are the Sobotours. I'm Anjo. I'm Mai. 
I'm Misha. You can catch us on our socials on Instagram at sub underscore tours. You can catch us on our Facebook group at Subotours We Like Movies and our Facebook page, Subotours. Now, damn it. Now I can't sing out because they're all instrumental. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can hum it out. You <laughs> sound like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Thank you. So long. Farewell. Yay.